0: Time, Miss Marlene Hensley is going to bring our special.
1: There is peace and contentment in the Father's house today. Lots of food on his table, and no one is turned away. There is singing and laughter as the hours pass by, but a hush comes the singing as the Father. who Wide unto harvest, but the reapers where are. No one wants to work in my field.
0: Good morning. Thank you, Miss Marlene. That was beautiful. Um, Real quick, I, I need your help this morning. I need you to turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus is my only hope. I need you to turn to another neighbor and say, Jesus is your only hope. And now I need you to read the title of today's message. You got it. We can go home. That's what today's message is about. Jesus is our only hope. As I was preparing for this message, I thought, man, if, if we could just get a whole world to see this, that Jesus is our only hope, then we've got it. We've got exactly what we need. And, and as I, as I was preparing, I thought, man, what, what greater title to put on this is Jesus is our only hope because it doesn't matter if you've been saved 50 years or you just came to know Jesus last week or you don't even know Jesus. Either way, Jesus is your only hope. And that you can go from Genesis to Revelation through this Bible and that's the message of the whole Bible is Jesus is our only hope. When man fell short uh, from the glory of God, uh, sin entered into the world and now... He is our only hope. If you will, stand with me this morning as we read our text in Luke 18. Luke 18, verse 35 is where we're going to start. And it said, And it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou Son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much the more, Thou Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him, To be brought unto him, and when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What will thou that I shall do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight, thy faith hath made, hath saved thee. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Dear Lord, thank you for allowing us to come out this morning and study your word. Dear Lord, help us to always hold tight to the truth that You are our only hope. Dear Lord, just thank You so much for the ones who have come out today to study Your Word. Help us to take something from this message this morning and apply it to our lives. Dear Lord, forgive us all our sins. In Your name I pray. Amen. The first thing I want to look at this morning is Jesus is our only hope even when the world around us is decaying. When, when when the world around us is going bad, when, when we look around us and we see uh, government officials uh, lying to us, when, when we see just hypocrisy in every scenario, our world's decaying. But I want to tell you that in the midst of this decay, Jesus is our only hope. Look at verse 39. Here's a man that's wanting to go Wanting to see Jesus, wanting to talk to Him, calling out to Him. And in verse 39, it says, And they which went before rebuked Him that He should hold His peace. But He cried, So much the more, Thou Son of David, have mercy on Me. You know what hold your peace means? Be quiet. Don't make a noise. Don't make a scene here. Essentially, this crowd was telling this man, we want you to remain in darkness. That sounds a lot like the world we live in today, doesn't it? They want us to stay in darkness. They want us to be blinded to what the truth has to say. Have you noticed lately that uh, non-Christians, they are trying to put Christians in this little corner and say, be quiet. Don't live your faith out. Don't make us seen. You see, this crowd here is just like the crowd we face outside of these doors. Trying to make us live in darkness. If you look over to the book of John in verse in chapter 3, Jesus speaks about this darkness a little bit. In John 3 and verse 19, he says, And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth come to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. The world loves darkness. They loves darkness because there's, there's no morals in darkness. There's no right and wrong in darkness. There's no one in darkness to expose sin. We live in a world today that people don't want to take responsibility for their actions. So in light of that, they live in darkness. The problem is that in the midst of darkness, there is no hope. You have to go to the light to get hope. And... You know, the most comfortable place for a person that doesn't want to take responsibility for their actions is in the midst of darkness. But we need to seek the light. We need hope. Imagine living in a world. I'll put it more like this. Living in a kingdom. In the light of Jesus. Everything was in the light of Jesus. There'd never be a lying politician. There'd never be a crooked salesman. There'd never be that peer-pressuring teenager where the very least of a person, the very poorest of poor, and the very humblest of humblest would be the greatest. Let me tell you, that kingdom's coming. If you look over in Revelation 21 and verse 23, you can see what I'm talking about. You see here, he's talking about this kingdom that Jesus is coming to set up. And in verse 23, it says, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. That's a awesome hope. Amen? we got a day coming where there's going to be a kingdom set up. And if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can live in that kingdom where everything is uh, lit up by the Lamb, the Son of God. That is awesome. But what about here in this world? What are we going to do now? What is our hope here on this earth? Well, Jesus Jesus said there in John 3 that if, if they would seek the light, their, their sins would be rebuked. Well, another passage probably most of you are familiar with is in 2nd uh, Chronicles. 2nd Chronicles 7 and verse 14. It says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. And will forgive their sin and will heal their land. How do we how do we expect to have a, a decaying world come to healing? We've got to seek God, and the only way we can get to God is through His Son. Jesus said, "I'm the only way you'll ever get before the Father." Where's our hope lie? It's in Jesus. You th- you think. And I'm going to go to meddling a little bit here. What our world needs is not criticism. Our world needs Jesus. We can tell the world everything they're doing bad. But without Jesus, they have no morals. It's in the light of who Jesus is and His perfect life here on this earth that then they can see We're wrong. But they need Jesus first. That's where the hope is. That's where the hope for our world is. We can tell everybody they're doing wrong, but it's not going to matter unless they have Jesus. I want to go on to look at this. Jesus is our only hope when we have problems. You see, I know many people we listed prayer requests this morning. Those are struggles. People are going through difficult times. People have problems that they're facing every day. And you know what? Jesus is the only hope. You say, well, how's Jesus going to fix this? He's got all power given to Him. And He can fix it. You see, look there at verse 39. This man began to cry so much the more. He began to cry with more intensity. He began to cry louder so that everybody knew what he was looking for. Why? Because here's a man who realized that the only way to fix his situation was in Jesus Christ. That was the only way. And there was no stopping him. I wonder what it would look like to have a church where there was nobody stopping us to get to Jesus Christ. Nobody's standing in the way. It didn't matter what the world said. It didn't matter what our feelings thought. But our whole focus was on seeking Jesus Christ. This man had that attitude. He, he took everything he had to get to Jesus Christ. His voice, I, I think he took his energy. He was, he was striving to get to Jesus Christ in spite of what the crowd said. Because he knew that within Christ was his only hope. When we have problems, how often do we do this? A lot of us, and I'm including myself, we wait for the doctor's diagnosis. We wait to see if we can figure the problem out ourselves. We wait to see how big the bill is. Then we take it to Jesus. Jesus doesn't want us to live like that. He wants us to take everything to Him in prayer. He wants us to take it to Him if we have a situation arise for us, for Him to be the first responder. That's how He wants our relationship. There's this song out right now on the Christian radio and it says, there is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. And I was listening to that lyric the other day and I just kept thinking, man, there's something to that. You see, whatever it is in this world that's holding us down, there is hope in Jesus Christ and He can break whatever is holding you back. Do we truly believe that Jesus can take care of our problems? I believe if we did believe that Jesus could take care of our problems, we would take our finances, our marriages, our friendships, every intricate part of our lives we would take to Jesus. If He is our hope in all problems, We will do that. I believe if we look at Jesus as the solution, as the hope for all these areas, we'll treat our finances as a responsibility to use for Christ rather than a possession of our own. We will look at our goals in marriage as living up to the standard of the love Jesus has for the church. We will also show our friendships and show the world that, look, friendships don't have to be about hating one another. Friendships can be about encouraging one another. You may be here this morning thinking, Trey, I've got a huge problem. And I want to tell you a couple of Scriptures here. Because I can tell you all the things in this world that I know, and it won't be much. But let me tell you what Jesus said. In Matthew 11, in verse 28, He says, Come unto Me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. You've got a heavy burden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and lean, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If we're in the midst of problems and we need a break, if we need a rest from that problem, take it to Jesus. That's what He said, not me. Another Scripture that I find in the midst of troubles... Is is one of the most uplifting scriptures. Is in John sixteen and verse thirty three. It says, These things I have spoken unto you that ye may that ye that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. You'll have troubles. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's pretty uplifting. In the midst of my problems, I can have peace because I know that problems are a thing of this world. And I serve a Jesus who's overcome the world. Another scripture I want to remind you of is over in 1 Peter. In 1 Peter 5, 7. 1 Peter 5, 7, Peter reminds us. He says, Casting all your cares or care upon Him, for He careth for you. You know Jesus cares about you. And I'm not going to tell you here that Jesus is is oh so concerned with your happiness. But that doesn't mean He He doesn't care about you. He wanted Israel... His own people to be this beautiful representation of Him here on this world. He cared for them. He brought them out of Egypt. He He brought them out of slavery so many times, not because that He 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 wanted them to be happy, but because He cared about them. What I mean by that is Jesus is more concerned with your joy, your peace, than He is your happiness. And, and because let me separate that for you, happiness is is from obtaining things. We get happiness because we have a, a nice new car. We get happiness because we we have brilliant things and, and we've received something. Maybe joy can only be found in the Lord. And when we seek Him out and know. Jesus Christ, as our only hope, we can then have joy. And I am convinced that Jesus is concerned about that. Not only is Jesus our only hope in this world that we live in, not only is Jesus our hope in the midst of problems, But He's our hope when it comes to our sin. If you look down at verse 42, Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith hath saved thee. You see, this man's blindness wasn't the only problem this man had. This man had another problem. He was a sinner. He was a sinner just like everybody in this crowd is a sinner. And we know through the book of Romans, Romans 6.23, that for the wages of sin is death, but the gift... I'm going to have to read it before I misquote it. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We know that. And we know that this man, just like every one of us, he had a sin debt that had to be paid. He had a sin debt that had to be paid. And Jesus here says, because of your faith, you've been saved. It's not just about your sight. It's not just about living in darkness. It's about sin. And every one of us knows that we have it. And in light of Jesus, there's no way that we can be perfect. But Jesus was perfect and He went to the cross to pay that debt. I want you to notice how this man defines Jesus. If you look down at verse 37 in our text, the crowd tells this man, this is Jesus of Nazareth. And then you turn around to verse 38 and what does he say? The man cried, thou son of David. This man got it. This man got it. He knew that there was going to come one from the lineage of David that would save his people from their sins. If you look at what the man calls him later on, he calls him Lord. This man recognized that Jesus Christ was the one. He wasn't just from a little town called Nazareth. He was the Son of God. He was the one coming as a descendant of David to set up His throne to make that kingdom we've already talked about. And he was willing to accept that man, Jesus Christ, for who He was. The blind man saw Jesus for who He really was in spite of His blindness. You see, it doesn't take sight to figure out who Jesus is. It takes faith. That's what Jesus says. What did He say? Save this man? His faith. Thy faith hath saved thee. Not only was Christ the only one that could heal this man from his blindness. But Christ was the only one that could heal this man from his sins. It reminds me of another passage in the Bible. Jesus was talking to His disciples one day, and He told His disciples that He would be going away. And one of the disciples, Thomas, kind of frightened by the thought of it, Said, Lord, how will we know? And Jesus said, Well, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I want I want you to be with me. Thomas then asked, Well, how will we know how to get there? Jesus very simply answered in John 14:6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Me. Jesus is our only hope. And as we get ready for a hymn of invitation, I want to ask you this morning, have you noticed the way our world's going? It needs Jesus. We may be the only people Able to provide that for our world. Are we doing that? Are we giving the world around us when we walk out of these doors? Are we giving the world Jesus? Number two, if you're like me, you face a lot of struggles. We need to be constantly reminded that in the midst of those struggles, Jesus is our hope. And number three, if you're here this morning, you've never accepted Jesus as Savior. He's the only way.
1: Amen.